Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Lord, I pray that hearts are open, that ears and spiritual ears and eyes are open, Lord, to receive your word. Lord, I just pray that everything that flows out is your, your, your word, your heart, your inspiration, Lord. Father, I put myself aside, Lord, and I decrease that you may increase. I pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen, 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 amen. Becky and I have moved um, approximately four times uh, in our, our, our lifetime. We've, we're going on 35 years of marriage this year. Yep, 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 yep. So um, keep praying for me and pray for us, pray for us. And uh, so it's 35 years of, of, of marriage. And, and in those 35 years, we've, we've had four homes, four houses. And um, what I've learned along the way is that as your kids start to move on, moving um, gets harder because kids grow up and kind of go away. And, and so our last move Becky and I moved alone a lot. We moved a lot of stuff alone. Like you grab that side, I grab this end. And if you've ever watched the one that one scene with with friends and they're moving the couch and he's like pivot, pivot, right? And he's yelling. It's it's Becky. That's Becky. And Becky fell. We were trying to put the sofa in the house and Becky fell and really got hurt so bad. And um, and it was just a, a one of those reminders, you know, of. She couldn't. <laughs> she couldn't. But I don't know how many people have ever done this. Like you go into an empty room or a dark room and you're trying and you're carrying stuff. And, and but you walk in with stuff and your hands are occupied. And as you walk in, it's the room is dark. And so you yell to the other person. You go, hey, hit the switch. Anybody ever anybody done that before? Hit the switch. Hit the switch. And then the person's got their hands occupied. So what do they do? They either rub their shoulder or their, or their elbow. And, and then the light comes on. And then you know where to go with the burden you're carrying. You know that from the moment you hit that switch, something happens instantly and immediately. What is it that happens instantly and immediately? You can see it. Ha- there is no there is no there is no progressive time. There is no time lapse. It happens instantly from the moment you hit the switch. Tell somebody next to you hit the switch. Hit the switch. Hit the switch. When we hit the switch, it comes on instantly. You don't hit it and have to wait. For it to come on progressively. Ephesians chapter 2. And as I give you these scriptures. I want the young folk here. Kids that are in college. Kids that are transitioning out of high school. Going into college. Kids that uh, may not uh, be in college. But are still trying to figure out what you're doing in life. Take these scriptures down. Write these scriptures down. Hold dear to these scriptures. Go over these scriptures over and over. Because these are the promises over your life for who you are and what you are in Christ, all right? So this is why I take my time to write scriptures down, to read with you so that you all can, and this is not just for the kids, this is for some of the old folks. We still need to be washed of some of the stuff that we've learned along the years so that we learn who we are in Jesus and because of Jesus. And Ephesians chapter 2 starts with a wonderful declaration over your life. And I need you to take hold of this. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 9 through 10. Salvation is not a reward. I need you to say that loud. Salvation is not a reward reward for the good things that we have done. Salvation has nothing to do with the good things we do. So none of us can boast about it. Ten. For we are God's. Masterpiece. We are God's. Masterpiece. Look at the person next to you. Say you are a masterpiece. I don't know what you heard this week. I don't know what you were told this week. 
But your heavenly Father calls you a what? A what? A masterpiece. Wives, you hear that? That's what your husband is. He's a, he's a masterpiece. Philip, I need a shirt that says I'm a masterpiece. But we are a masterpiece. He has created, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do what? Good the good things. He Who? He Who planned it? God. What did he plan? What did he plan? What did he plan? Good things. Who planned them? God. And when did he do it? The word masterpiece means a great work. It means a wonder. It means a gem. It means a showpiece. That's what God calls you. Angelo, you are a showpiece. You are a gem. <laughs> Angelo, you are a wonder. You are a masterpiece. When was the last time you've heard those words over yourself? Moms that are struggling alone as, as, as single moms. And you bear the brunt of the, of the burden of the weight of having to raise kids alone. Your heavenly father calls you a masterpiece. A showpiece. You are a wonder. You are a gem. You are a great work. And something that is incomplete isn't a masterpiece. Something that needs work isn't a masterpiece. A masterpiece is a work of outstanding artistry. It is, it is a work of skill and workmanship. It needs nothing more. It is perfect. Complete. So God calls you, number one, a masterpiece, a wonder, a showpiece, a gem. Men look to world's landscapes. I don't know how many have done that. I know that Pablo traveled uh, into uh, Utah and they took beautiful uh, pictures of all the state parks. And, and, but men look at the landscapes and trees and waterfalls and canyons and they call it God's masterpiece. We as men also look to stars and galaxies and the heavens and, and we to call that God's masterpiece. But take this in for a moment that God himself from the heavens looks down to earth and calls you his masterpiece. Man, that's encouraging. Number two, he says that he has planned good things for you. And he did this long ago. So what we see here, if we're not careful, is that he sets a timeline in motion while at the same time giving you his end result, his outcome for this timing. What does he say? You're a masterpiece. And long ago, there's a timeline long ago. What does he say? He speaks about the good works. When God works on our behalf, he tells us these things. Psalms 46, 10. Listen to what he says. He says, be still and know that I am God. He stops you in his timeline telling you, I've already planned good things for you long ago. Be still and do what? Just know. Listen to what else he says. He says, Psalms 32, verse 8, he says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. The, the best pathway for your life. Some of you are wondering how you ended up here at 20 East Commons Boulevard in Newcastle, Delaware. You're what, some of you are wondering, what the heck am I doing in Delaware? Just wondering. 
How did I end up here? Luis, how did I end up here? The best pathway for your life. Who's guiding you? God. And what does he say? I will advise you and I will So how do we hit that switch in this walk as believers? Somebody say prayer. prayer. I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer. And I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. As quickly as I can. I want you to pay close attention to me as I talk about this topic. I'm not, I'm, it's not a regimented prayer that I want to talk to you about. I got a phone call to, uh, this week from one of the kids uh, that attend our church and he's doing a project and the topic was on prayer and the very first question he asked me Pablo are you serious the very first question he asked me was how often do you pray pastor how often do you pray well I want to talk I'm going to just develop this and then and then I'll answer that Pablo, it's the second time. Third, security, get him out. Use all force necessary. So I'm not talking about this regimented prayer that we pray over our food. I'm not talking about a regimented prayer that we pray before we go to work or we, before we travel or before we go to bed at night. For those that do things like that, that's fine. That's wonderful. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, about, I'm talking about hitting a switch in your life where we instantly connect with your source. You heard uh, Pastor Jose spoke two Sundays ago on amplifying the light within. That was his message? Was that, was that right? Okay. Amplifying the light within. And he talked about the source and being connected. Well, something happens when you're connected. What happens? There's an instant connection. It's not progressive. It's instant. Heard people go, you got you to gotta press in, press in, press in. That is nonsense. It's nonsense. I'm, I'm sorry. It's nonsense. If you've learned this, and, 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 but, but it's nonsense. You don't have to work your way to your heavenly father. Just hit the switch. Hit the switch. Thank you. Unfortunately, many of our prayers are ineffective. Not because God doesn't answer, but more so our prayers are ineffective because we pray the wrong things. We pray the wrong things. That's all it is. Our prayer life is more about asking God to give us stuff to fulfill a a to-do list. We ask God to give us stuff that he's already done. And and we have just finished hearing that you are a what? That you are what? And that he is done what? Planned good things for you. Long ago. Tell the person next to you, it's already been done. Already been done. Our prayer life is more about asking God to give us this stuff, and he calls us a masterpiece. And most of our prayer life, we treat God as a genie in a bottle, working on our behalf, like some sort of a leprechaun at the end of a rainbow, like a lucky charm, a good luck charm. He's your heavenly father, and you are his child. Amen. Listen to what Isaiah says. 45 verses 9 through 11. What sorrow awaits those who argue with their, who argue with their. Amen. A lot of our prayers are argument. Does a clay pot argue with the maker? Next. Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it? Saying, stop! You're doing it wrong. Does that sound familiar? Does it sound familiar? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? 
How terrible it would be if a newborn baby said to its father, why was I born? Or if it said to its mother, why did you make me this way? This is what the Lord says, the holy of Israel and your creator. Do you question what I do for my children? Do you give me orders about the work of my hands? Ouch. So some of us pray little weird stuff sometimes. I hear it all the time. A demand and decree. Shut up. Shut up. That is not the way to pray. We give in in times. We times that we're living in it, we're all relying on these little four, four second gigabytes and, and, and I'm sorry, not gigabytes, um, sound bites is what I meant to say, of, of information that we hear so that we can gain fresh perspective, fresh points of view. We rely on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Oh, pastor, you got to hear this. I'm going to send this to you. I'm like, no, please don't send it to me. I pl- please don't send it to me. I'm going to block you. <laughs> For so many people, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram has become their source of information. Why? Because too many people are too lazy and too naive to pause and to reflect and to ponder by just hitting the switch and connecting with your Heavenly Father. And you can do that instantly, anytime, anywhere, any place. Tell the person as you hit the switch. Hit the switch. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's keep reading quickly. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. Again, do you know the garbage that's out there that we take in as inspirational? People have sent me books. Pastor, look at this book that I'm reading. And I'm like going, this is, this is nonsense. Just read his word. Read his word. Continue. And from the spiritual powers of this world... Rather than from Christ. Continue. For, 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 lives. What lives? Some? All of the fullness of God in human body. So you also. So you you also are what? But you're complete. Through your union with Christ. Are you getting that? And he calls you what? Complete. Complete. Are you listening? We started off with God calls you a what? And he's done stuff for you. What did he do for you? Planned good things. When did he do it? Long ago. And here now we're reading that he calls you what? Complete, but we're complete with our union in Christ. Tell somebody, hit the switch. Anything and everything that contradicts his word, his teachings, and his promises is empty human philosophical nonsense. It's empty. He also calls it spiritual power from this world. Guys, we quote, we quote, we quote, we quote everybody but Christ. Everybody but, but Christ. Political parties, podcasters, uh, Joe Rogan said, Tucker Carlson said, Candace Owens said, 
Jordan Peter said, well, what did Christ say? The bread of life. What did he say? And it stirs me up when, when, when I, 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 I ask you, are you well? Are you okay? You're a masterpiece. A masterpiece. You're a gem. Man, put them big pants on and just uh, learn who you are and what you are. Young people, there's a lot of empty philosophy out there that is, that is biting away at your identity as a child of God. And we don't do this so that we could walk arrogantly. But in our humbleness and in our meekness, we can stand bold in this world knowing who we are. So then, Pastor Dan, uh, well, how, what do I pray? How, how do I do this? Well, well let's, look at, let's look at an example from Paul. The Apostle Paul, in many of his letters, and he's writing to one of his churches in Ephesus. And Ephesus uh, it was an, an, an ancient Greek city. And Paul had established these churches there, and he has to travel. He is not the pastor. He's the apostle, meaning that he started the church. He's the overseer. And, and so he writes letters to sustain it because they didn't have email. All right? They didn't have email. They don't have satellite. They don't have electricity. And they didn't have a postal system. So he had to write letters, send them out. And this is one of the letters. So we're going to read a letter that Paul writes to this church in Ephesus. And this is what he writes. But in this letter, I need you to pay attention to the details of his writings. He says, ever since I first heard of your, what kind of faith? What kind of faith? Your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your, and your love for God's people. Where? Not in, not in your, not in your preferred not in your preferred ethnic group. People, people, everywhere. Everywhere. You know, in this, in this country, we've become so polarized. And we've become so, so polarized with dem- Democrats and, and, and Republicans and, 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 and white collar and, and blue collar and and immigrants and refugees and just again so polarized so polarized so polarized so polarized so polarized and i want you to know that each and 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 in all of those pockets where we have been all compartmentalized right in each of those pockets there are sons and daughters of the kingdom in all of them and we are to love them people everywhere Right, two, Anthony. We are to love God's people everywhere. Continue. I have not stopped thanking God for you. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Listen carefully. I stop. Again. Who? And he does it what? Listen to what Paul's praying for, guys. Listen to what he prays for. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. Continue. Come on. I. That your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. Confident hope. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Continue. Continue. 
I what? Also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. For who? For who? Is this for everybody? Is that for everybody? This power is not for everybody. It's for those of us who believe him. Next. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Where is he seated? Now he is. He is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Do you understand the one that we serve, the one who's our master, the one who's our Lord? It tickles me at my bone to see how many of you hide during Halloween. Because you give Halloween the authority over Jesus. And you give Skeletons and goblins and vampires and ghosts and Draculas and you give it more power. That's, that's the day of the devil. And man, shut up. <laughs> do, you, do you know who you are and what you are? Living in fear. And it's the witches and it's idols and it's, it's, it's the Satan and the demons and. Do you know who you serve? Did you hear where he is seated? Do you know where he is, that he is above all what? Authority in this world and the one to come. Tell somebody, hit the switch. Is that it for my scripture? No, there's more. God has put some things under the authority of Christ and he has made him head over all things for the benefit of what? Did you hear that scripture? No, no. Go back. Did you hear that scripture? He put what? All things what? Under his authority. But all of this is for what? For a benefit to who? Who's the church? Who's the church? Who's the church? Who's it? What's your complaint about? What's your struggle about? Tell somebody all things. things. Under his authority. authority. Hit the switch. switch. Continue. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete. Church, are you hearing this? Church, are you hearing that? It is made full and complete. Husbands and wives, if you're sitting next to each other, hold hands. Just hold hands. And you really, need to, you really need to declare this over each other. Listen, you are made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Is, that, is there more? That's it. Hit the switch. And if you're sitting next to her and you're waiting for a ring, have her up and put it on her. Wrap this thing up. Get that switch. Here we go. So after he tells them, after Paul tells them what his prayer is all about, he goes into giving them the why the prayer. Why? Why his prayers are all about. And you know what his prayers were all about? His prayers for the church that he had started was, I'm praying for knowledge. What kind of knowledge? You need to understand who you are in Christ. That's his prayer. Who you are in Christ. He wanted them to be familiar and acquainted with the incredible greatness 
of God's power. Not for everybody, for those who believe in him. So he goes into detailing and explaining what this great power for us is. And he says that this great power is the same power, the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. If this power was good enough for Jesus, why isn't it good enough for you? What are the things that are killing you? What are the things, what are the things that are suffocating you? The same power that raised Jesus dwells in you. His son, his daughter, his child. Somebody hit the switch. So then he goes on to detail this. And he goes, it's in heavenly, your heavenly father, your, 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 uh, Jesus Christ, the one that we're in, sits at the heavenly realm alongside of his father. And he's, a far, he's far above all rulers, all authority, all power, all leaders. Not only in this world, but even in the world to come. God has put all things under his authority for the benefit of his church, all of us. And he calls us full and he calls us complete. So let's observe these four things as we wrap up. What did Paul pray for? He prayed for gratefulness. What did he do? He prayed constantly, thanking God for his brothers and sisters in faith. The next time you bow down to pray or you pause to pray, hey, Pray for Corey. Pray for pray for the Reese's. Pray for the Spots. Pray for Mace, uh, Loretta Mason. Pray for Debbie Jones. Pray 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 for the Lagunas. Pray for one another. Pray for me. Please pray for me. <laughs> what else did he pray for? Number two, he prayed God to give spiritual wisdom and insight. So that his brothers and sisters might grow in the knowledge. So that we may grow in what? Knowledge. Grow in knowledge. You can't grow, you can't grow in knowledge if all you do is watch to YouTube, TikTok, um, podcasts, and, and that you gotta get connected. You gotta hit the switch. So he prays that they may grow in knowledge of who this God is. And number three, he prays that their hearts would be flooded with light, that their hearts be flooded with light so that they could understand the confident hope that God had given them as holy people who are his inheritance. To understand that. Do you know who you are? You know, um, my sister's in the back and I have another sibling, my brother Danny, and, and I, I, there are times when when I, I, we get into conversations all the time, and, and if the conversation is going into complaining or anything, I always have to remind them, yo, you are a Carmona. Do you know who your dad was? Like, do you know who your dad was? And when I say that, what I'm trying to do is, is not be condescending. I'm trying to remind I am from the same source, and I have been poured into the very same information that was poured into you and was poured into you. So the outcome should be the same. You are a Carmona. And that's just earthly father. Could you imagine our heavenly father? Do you know who you are? And number four, he prays that they would understand the incredible greatness of God's power. I understand his great power. Wait, this same power that raised Jesus from the dead? Me? Yes. The same power. Tell somebody the same power. Is in you. Let me ask you a question. What part of this prayer was for food? What part of this prayer was for cars? What part of this prayer was for houses? What part of this prayer was for jobs? What part of this was for a husband? What part of this was for a wife? None of it. Why? Because we have been, we have been, we have been brainwashed in, in methods of, of asking for things. Like if it's a, like if we, we, we have a spiritual 
shopping cart. And we're just going through a supermarket asking for, for things and, uh, to fill our glorified Christmas list. We close our eyes, we get on our knees, we get holy, we get in our holy shopping cart and we start filling it with a whole bunch of nonsense. And then we say in the name of Jesus, it's done, it's sealed. Hallelujah. <laughs> and when we look at Paul and what Paul was praying about, nothing to do with the stuff we pray about. Heavenly Father, I pray over Dino. Lord, I pray that he can see and that he can emulate who you are, that he may touch deep into who he is as your son, that he may grow in wisdom, that he may lead his home, lead his family. Heavenly Father, that he may be the man that you have called him to be. And then you go into the next person. Heavenly Father, I pray over Casey. Lord Casey, your child, your gem, your masterpiece, who she is, fill her with your continued wisdom that she may learn who she is in you, Heavenly Father. And just go on and go on. Some of you may not be able to do that because you don't get to know people because you run out of here after services. And you... This is what the community is all about. The community in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 40, they got together to do what? To pray for one another, to break bread with one another. But we can't know people and get to know what needs are if we just get our fix on Sunday, run out of here to go catch the game. Stop it. Stop it. For those that are parents, I don't know how many of you remember. Where's a, uh, um, I'm sorry, Jessica, the young lady who's sitting next to you. That's a, she's a young parent. Is, do you have a bottle, a baby bottle? Do you have one? You don't have a baby bottle? You don't. Who has a baby bottle? A baby bottle. David, go give me a baby. David, where's David? Give me that baby bottle. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Here we go. We got this. This is this is this is a this is a Puerto Rican baby bottle. I know a Puerto Rican baby bottle. It's all chewed up on the side. It's my grandson, Puerto Rican and Mexican. Baby bottle. They chew him up. Got jalapeno and all this stuff hanging out. But no. But listen. For those that are parents, and and especially especially single parents. You know that you have your child in the back seat and the child is strapped to the car seat and you're trying to drive and you're trying to get to where you need to get to. And all of the sudden, the bottle pops out of the mouth and then just falls right there. And then the, the baby starts to do what? <laughs> and you're driving and the baby's doing what? <gasps> and where's the bottle? And the baby's doing what? And you're driving the vehicle and you're like, the bottle was right there. Just grab it and pop it into your mouth. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that. No parents ever done that. Ever experienced that. No one's ever experienced that. Well, many of us do that in our prayer life. He's telling you all of the goodness has already been planned for you. It's right there on your lap. And you're just sitting there. Pick the bottle and put it in your mouth and feed yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Pastor, I need a word. Good. Read. <laughs> I, don't, I got something revelatory for you. Revelation. Read. And unfortunately, this is the prayer life for many people. We, we, we tell God, stop driving the car, grab the bottle and put it in my mouth because I'm not mature enough to do it myself. We whine and we complain and we go through. And prayer is a communication. It is a connection. It's not a shopping cart. Did you hear that? Yeah. Prayer is a communication, is a connection, is a method to connect, is a method to communicate. It's not a shopping cart. Tell somebody hit the switch. Hit the switch. 
Communication reveals the health of any relationship. Of any relationship. You want to know any relationship? How well are they communicating? How well are they communicating? How well? Relationships can be defined by how well or how bad they communicate. Look at a relationship, and if they're doing bad, you know what's the problem? Communication. Lack thereof. Or maybe communicating about the wrong stuff. The biggest misconception about communication, though, is that communication, communication only happens, only happens as an activity of words. And communication is not necessarily an activity of words. Dr. Gladys, Sam! He's messing with you. He's messing with you. Pastor Rob was like, I'll punch you in your face. You talk to my wife like that. I'll be another Will Smith up on here. <laughs> Keep your <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry. But that is the biggest misconception. The biggest misconception is that communication is, is an interaction of words. Communication is the successful conveying of sharing ideas and feelings. It's not limited to words. Words, it's just, it's just a tool in communication, but it's not limited. Who's following me so far? Your attitude communicates. Your attitude, husbands, your attitude communicates. Your conduct, your behavior Wives, you're not far behind. Moms and dads. Children. Not cooking. <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. He got a Dominican wife. He crazy. I ain't. I don't mess with Dominicans. Imagine the Dominicans. Corey, you don't know about that, man. She going to take you to DR and take you for a ride and you ain't coming back. <laughs> and I'm going to be driving a Jeep. <laughs> Your body language communicates. The way you dress communicates. Most importantly, the way we live communicates. Amen. You want to know what speaks the loudest? The way we treat our brothers, our fellow brothers and sisters. Treat, it, it, it speaks louder than anything else. And daily, you and I communicate ideas, feelings that we come in contact with. Becky and I, in our, in our four homes that we have had along the way, we've established a little nook in our bedroom. We have a nook in our bedroom to sit down and chill. There is the bed where the magic happens. <laughs> and I am the magic maker. <laughs> Meaning love, guys. That's all I meant. It's just love. But then we have a little nook. And that's where we sit. And we sit and we communicate. And we chat about stuff. But you know what's interesting? We've been married now for going on 35 years. Do you know that they're, thank you. And in that time, in that time, I've learned and we've learned, there are times that we sit together quietly together and not say one word to each other. Say nothing. But there's a little pinky that's touching. But there's a foot that's touching. Or, or, or there's just a little touching of the hair that says a plethora of things. Yes. It communicates so much. And instantly, there's a connection. In the time that we've been married, been able to communicate things with Becky that happens spirit to spirit. Spirit to spirit. 
I kid you not. She knows when I'm hurting. I know when she's hurting. I can gauge, I can assess something is not right. And there's no adobo one to meet today. <laughs> but we, we, we in, all sincer- in, in, in all seriousness, we can just sit together and I know something's wrong. Time and experience strengthens and it deepens your communication. Time and experience deepens your communication. Time and experience deepens your communication. Verbal words may be needed in the early stages of every relationship. Every relationship. Get your talking out the way. When you've been married 20 plus years, you don't need to say anything. That's my oldest son right there. And I would look back and go, stay. And he'd stop in his tracks. Get off. What are you doing? No. It was the same with Adrian. It's the same with Alexis. No words. Nothing. Why? Time and experience deepens the relationship. Are you understanding? Are you sure? Becky and I, when we get lost at the store, she picked something up from George and I. George and I have been friends longer than I've been married. We've been friends since we were eight years old. And, and, And wherever we would go, wherever we would be, if I needed to find my friend, if I needed to find home, I would just go. And he'd come with a big smile. Yeah, exactly. And, and vice versa, wherever he would be. And I'd come, like, I'd ask my boy, I want to see him. And that's all it was. That's not even a word. That's not even a word. What is it? It's a sound. That's why in prayer there are sounds that we make to communicate with our Heavenly Father. Sounds. Utters. Just, 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 just noises that we make. Connect with your heavenly father. How long does it take? Instantly. Now Becky picks that up and everywhere she goes. I'm like, yo, man, that's my boy's thing. We aren't that. Don't do that. So to me, prayer is a communication into our father's heart, our father's conscience, our father's will. It's our Father's spirit that we connect to when we pray. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 through 12. Holy smoke. Miguel went on. Miguel was like, oh, he was preaching and everything. Listen to this. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, and you have to read this carefully because it's read wrong and it's always misinterpreted. This is what the scripture means when when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Next. And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Next. But it was to us that God revealed these spiritual things by his spirit. God isn't keeping anything from you. No, he's not keeping anything from you. I don't know. There's, you know, there's stuff that God isn't, you know, my eyes haven't seen and my ears haven't heard. No, he says that it's been revealed to you by his spirit. I don't got nothing. I don't hide nothing from my children. I don't. Why? Because I love my children. Is there more? For his spirit searches out everything and shows us. Keep. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. No. Next. 
And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. Now listen to this, guys. This has got to get you excited. Next. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know the wonderful things God has Not everybody's going to get this. Not everybody's going to understand this. Because this is not for everybody. Not because God doesn't want it to be for everybody. But it's because people who don't believe this, who don't understand this, will always live in lack. What kind of, what kind of people specifically can't receive this wonderful, these wonderful things that God has freely given us? What kind of people? People that don't have the spirit of God. So if you have the spirit of God, what has been kept from you? Huh? Oh, man, you got to walk out of here like giants. Seriously, you got to walk out of here. You got to walk out of here like conquerors. First Corinthians, I'm giving you, I'm going to give you some word because I'm going to be gone for a few days. I'm going to give you a lot of word. Chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. But people who aren't can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. There's more. Those who are spiritual can, what's evaluate mean? It's assess. It means to gauge. Evaluate what things? What things? Finances. Health. Relationship. Investments. When to war. When to battle. When to pray. Listen, you can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Next, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for what do we have? What do we have? So you possess his spirit to know all these things, but then you are able to evaluate all things because you also have his Man, you should celebrate that. No, you should celebrate that. So you don't only possess his spirit, you possess his mind. We have the spirit of God, the mind of Christ. What more do you need? Tell the person next to you. What else do you need? You have his spirit and you have his mind. What else do you need? Listen, listen, we cannot go from worship experience to worship experience thinking that that's going to sustain us. The reason we have worship experiences is because we have the spirit and we have the mind. And this is why we can worship freely in the boldness of our heavenly father, basking in gratefulness. This is why we can worship. Prayer is a worshipful communication between finite sons. Finite means that you are limited. And we are sons and daughters that are finite, but we are connecting to an infinite God. So when we pray and we exchange our thoughts and our ideas, and we do it with words or we do it with sounds, there are times where you don't need to say one thing. Just sit quietly. Quietly. And say nothing before your heavenly father who has already given you all things. Sometimes we just talk too much. We make too much noise. We're like the baby crying for the bottle. Just pause and reflect long enough to hit the switch and connect. So how long does it take us to connect with our heavenly father? This is what Paul said. I pray without ceasing. 
I don't have a regimented time. From the moment I wake up, click it. I hit the switch. Before I go to bed, hit the switch. When I'm at work, hit the switch. If my wife is talking to me out of character, hit the switch. Hit that switch a couple times. No dimmer. Hit that switch. Quick. Connect with the Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, how am I going to speak? How am I going to connect? How am I going to respond? James 4, verse 3, and that's my last scripture. Oh, no, it's not. Two scriptures. This is James. This is, this is the brother of Jesus. And he said, he said this. He said, look, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You don't pray. You don't need to ask for prayer for vacation. Lord, I need a vacation. Lord, you know we need a vacation. Lord, I've been working. We need a vacation. No, you need to stop spending, save some money, work harder, and then earn a vacation. So it's there. It's not stuff. You don't pray for that. You don't need to pray for a house. What do you need for a house? What do you need for a house? You need to save, save credit. You need to save some money. You need to work and you have good credit. You don't need to pray for a house. You don't need to pray for a car. What do you need to what do you need for a car? You need to work. This is where anybody can own a car. It's that baby bottle. Lord, I I, I this is what I need. I, 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 like, you're praying for all the wrong things. We need to remind ourselves that we don't pray to move God on our behalf. Instead, that we are to pray so that we can come into what God is already moving in. And this is why Jesus said these words. Let's stand to our feet. Jesus said these words. Matthew 6, verse 31 through 33. Tell somebody, hit the switch. Don't worry about these things, saying. Don't worry about these things, saying. Emmy, where are you going? about to hit the switch on you. <laughs> Don't you worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things, these things dominate the thoughts of and listen, he's not talking about people that don't believe in Jesus. He's talking about people that don't believe in what truth has been established. Those are the unbelievers. And here we turn out there's the sinners. No. It's just many churches that are unbelieving. Unbelieving what? These truths. But your heavenly father, somebody needs to know this. You need to leave here today knowing this. Your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Tell the person, he already knows. Already knows. So what are we left to do? What are we left to do? What is, what is the condition? What is the condition? Well, let's read. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you somebody celebrate Jesus this morning does this help does this help thank you again for checking out our podcast if you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org see you next time